Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, join Josh, Kaylee, and Dylan from Portugal the Simple Life as they explore the ins and outs of expat life on the Silver Coast, sharing invaluable insights into the simplicity, safety, and beauty of living in Portugal. Discover the transformative journey of moving abroad, the evolving Portuguese real estate market, and the essence of community. Stick around. Hey, expats and travelers, welcome back to Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal podcast. Kaylee, how are we doing? <laughs> the question, doing well. Uh, excited about this because we've just finished our Italian road trip where we feature different Italian cities and we compare them to different Portuguese cities. So now we are back with our interviews, back in the studio. If you can see us, if you're watching. Uh, then, AKA the living room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we have our nice sign here in the living room uh, for those of you who are actually watching this instead of just listening. Yeah. So we're back, yeah, quote unquote, in the studio. Yeah, and we're excited to bring you an episode from a guy who's producing a ton of content, uh, at least podcast format content, about living in Portugal. And uh, we're going to dive deeper into Portuguese lifestyle and conversations with different people and personalities that, that Dylan, our guest, has made. He's called Portugal home for quite a while now. Um, and like I said, he is the host of Portugal The Simple Life podcast. Right. Which is a podcast that we appeared on not long ago. Yes. So you'll definitely have to go over and check out his podcast. We talked to him and he's got a lot of fun guests uh, featuring different people. But as far as he is, he's a, a foreigner, right? But he's been in yes. Portugal for quite a while, uh, married to a Portuguese, has kids. Yep. So really has assimilated into the culture, um, mingles with the locals, I guess you could say, really Absolutely. gets into it, uh, has learned the language. Well, he's also had a lot of interesting people on his podcast that are Portuguese. Okay. So I think I think that's kind of where it differs between what we do and what he does. Uh, he does have foreigners, like, obviously, we were on, it. <laughs> on, on his yeah. podcast. But uh, you know, he'll speak to a, a Portuguese author or an athlete or maybe politician. He might have had maybe former politicians he's had on there. But yeah. Yes, that's really interesting because it gives you a different look into Portugal, obviously, compared to who we talk to and what we do because we give the more expat type. Uh, what's it like moving? What's it like living here? But he's actually speaking with Portuguese people who who have you know maybe never left or uh, have done something big for Portugal. So, so, yeah, it's a fun podcast. Yeah, people that can give an insight into the culture the way that a Portuguese, a local could versus what a foreigner can say. Right. But before yeah. we get to that, let's give an update on how things are going with us. What have we been up to? 
Yeah. So yesterday we had an awesome meetup at uh, Fino Golf Club in Matsinos. Big shout out to Tam and Christina for hosting us there. Actually, we hope that we're able to tell their story at some point, whether it be on the podcast or be on the channel. But they are from California. They moved to Matsinos. Uh, they they got maybe a little bored and decided <laughs> okay. to start a business. They didn't move to Portugal to start a business, but they ended up starting a screen golf business. So they hosted us there. Phenomenal location, facilities, whatever you yeah, want to call it's a it. Great like space. they've got a bar in the front, like a little lounge actually in the front, then a bar in the middle, and then uh, the screen golf stuff kind of to the back yeah. third or half of the. The building with like couches and and tables and stuff. So I mean, so I'm nice. not a golfer. I'm not a golfer. Neither am I. We got some funny pictures and videos last night because it was fun. They let us uh, test it out, but it's fun. It's a fun social thing, and obviously yeah. for us, it's familiar because it's big in Korea. So yes. when we lived in Korea, it was a thing that you did that you went out with friends. You'd have drinks. You'd do screen golf, and it was just a, a fun activity. We didn't do well. No. Even back then. No, of but course we did not. It, but we no, did but it. it's fun. It's a social thing. Yes. So it was a, an exciting place to have the meetup, to have people just, you know, socializing and, and playing golf if they want. I mean, there were some people there that knew what they were doing. Yes. For sure. You could see the way they, they swung There's, the club. Yeah, <laughs> their swing. So, so that's fun. So if you haven't checked out their location, it's fun for a hangout for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if it's a, a group of two or four people that go and you don't play golf, you just Go have a drink there. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, they, they, yeah. they screen live sports and stuff like that. They've got all the sports channels. So that's nice. Yeah, we'll probably do a meetup there again at some point. I hope so. It was good. I hope so. It was a lot of fun. What else going on this week? Well, we actually got asked a lot yesterday about the vertical community and how the building project is going. I think everybody I talked to ended up asking <laughs> me. Um, so I wanted to get that information to you as well. Uh, we have a slight delay because of an asbestos discovery when uh, demolition started. So demolition started and then they found it and then you have to wait to have like have it safely removed. So there's a small section that we have applied for safe removal. We should have that this week and then demolition will continue and we will hopefully have a video out soon about that process and just the, you know, the first episode of Let's Get Building with Josh and Kaylee on that new YouTube channel. Right. So the asbestos, it was not a surprise. They were pretty sure they were going to find it for sure. Um, yes. But yeah, just having to remove it safely is where we're at. So that'll be out of the way soon. And then, like you said, we can, can continue with the demolition. Um, but I, like on the channel right now, it's just people getting caught up on how we found the property and what that search was like. Yeah. So it's the, actually a playlist. It That's links back to the, the main regular channel, channel right, right now. Right. So, yes, we're hoping very soon we've been compiling some footage to put out that first video. I know people are really waiting to see me with we, that sledgehammer. We're waiting. Honestly, <laughs> I know. you know, we're waiting. We're, we're really anticipating that first video. What else is going on this week? Okay. So huge, huge <laughs> soccer match that's happening uh, in the city, especially. Especially big for us because it's actually our favorite team in the world, Arsenal FC, taking on FC Porto. And so it's like our two teams colliding. Basically, we're taking a positive outlook and say, you know, we win. Like yeah. either way we win, either our Portuguese team goes on in the competition and we continue to watch uh, matches from our home seat, like at the stadium, or Arsenal wins and they continue on and truly that's our favorite team. So are you allowed to say that? I am. <laughs> I am. I you don't want to shock truth. too many people. Okay. I say the truth. You speak the truth. Yeah. Yes. So that's tomorrow. So that's exciting. And then uh, on Friday, we head to Spain. We do, mm -hmm. which I'm really excited about. I was actually pushing Sia in the stroller this morning. And as we were going up the hill, I said, you know, Valencia, you know that on Friday, we're going to have to wake up really early and we're going to the airport. And she goes, uh, are we going to a new country? And I said, I said, uh, I, actually, we are. Yeah, because we're going to pass through uh, Gibraltar. So we're going from Sevilla to Soto Grande. And then when we go back to Sevilla to fly out, we're going to go to Gibraltar. So I told her like how small the country was and everything. And it was it was funny. Yeah. So adding to the list, we're in the in the stages of a going to the different micronations around Europe, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, we've we've done all the bigger stuff. So now it's like, <laughs> We're finding the Liechtensteins, Monaco's, Luxembourg's. <laughs> um, and Gibraltar's not very easy to get to, So, especially from Porto. I've not seen a direct flight. San Marino. 
Another one. That's where we just were. Yeah. Um, so so it works out well because we've got what yeah. we're really excited about is we've got a company that we're going to be working with. We're going to put a few videos out with they. Uh, can help people. A lot of people have been asking, I think, recently, like with all the changes in Portugal with NHR changing and, of course, the golden visa and the different visas um, that have, you know, split D78. People are wondering, is Portugal still for me? You know, can I still do it? Can I afford it? But is it still for me? And so we're going to be working with this company who helps with uh, with those who are still interested in Portugal, but then yeah. they also help with those who are interested in Spain and other European countries and what yes. that route looks like as far as visas, maybe investments. So we're excited to kind of diversify a little bit as people are asking us for more information outside of Portugal. Yeah, exactly. So we'll do some videos with them. We'll have a little fun, do a little work, see a new country, and yeah, and then be back next week. And yeah, stuff I'm out. looking forward to that and also looking forward to the conversation with Dylan. Yeah. So I, I chatted with him about like what drove him to start his podcast and, you know, he tells some stories from his guests and gives his perspective on really how to enjoy uh, Portugal, the simple life, the joys of Portugal, the simple life. And, you know, he kind of goes into what things maybe people should consider making their move. And, uh, he also, it's not his full-time job. So he kind of shares what he does as his full-time work, which, uh, kind of is, you know, connected to his podcast in a way, but yeah. It's, kind of a different experience in the sense that you get to see the culture from a foreigner, but someone who's been here for quite a long time and who's ingrained and in, yeah, because of his, uh, his family and, and knowing the language and being here for so long. So he gives you a, a feel for the culture in a different way that some other expats who've only been here for a couple of years and live in different locations because he lives more local, like not a big city, right? Yep. And before yeah. we jump into it, if we could ask you if, if you enjoyed these episodes and like this type of stuff, and you know some other people that might enjoy it, if you could share the episode with them, whether it be uh, if you find this on YouTube or, or you're listening to it in a podcast form, if you can just share it with people, that would be really great. If you have any questions that you want answered as well, uh, email us at podcast at expatseverywhere.com, and producer Dan will compile those questions, and then we'll do an episode where we answer the questions, or we might actually just ask one of those questions to a podcast guest. Right. Yeah, we can have right. people on who would be experts about certain questions if we get a lot of the same question or something. Yeah. So make sure that you connect with us on our social medias. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can find the podcast on our website as well. You can follow and like everything, all the social medias and uh, listen to this however you want. All right. Without further ado, let's chat with Dylan. WorldPost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon the purchases. US. And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation. Because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers 
visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Dylan, what a way to start here. We are with a veteran of living in Portugal and the host of Portugal, The Simple Life, uh, a podcast that Kaylee and I were able to be on as well. Dylan, how are you doing? Very well. Thank you, Josh. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you located right now? So I'm on the Silver Coast. Um, our studio is in a town called Foz do Arelio, which is, okay. uh, if you know Abidos Lagoon, it's uh, the entrance of Abidos Lagoon. It's uh, really, really beautiful. This is, this is a wallpaper behind me, so it's, I'm not in the street or anything. Yeah, you're um, walking traffic right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm based on the Silver Coast. I've been here since 2009. Um, I live near to Abidos Castle and Caldas de Reina, and my offices are in San Martinho de Porto. So... Yeah, um, here since the beginning, fell in love with this area from day one and, and uh, been, been in this whole coast ever since. Nice. Well, what made you fall in love with it? Josh, I, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd made the decision to, to move to Portugal and then it was a case of, okay, where? Um, and um, I'd lived in Johannesburg my whole, life, my whole life, so I didn't really want to be in a, a big city. Mm. Um. And it might sound cheesy, but I just the place just felt right for me from from day one. Um, I still remember very, very clearly, like it was yesterday, seeing. So where our offices are, where I work, um, is a, a town around a bay um, called San Martinho de Porto. It's a shell shaped mm-hmm. bay, and um, just seeing that for the first time, and then just the whole feel of the place, it felt to me like a real authentic Portuguese location, which. It, it is, and it has been ever since. And um, I wanted to be somewhere that felt like Portugal. I wanted to be somewhere that felt safe. Um, I wanted to be somewhere that still had that authentic Portuguese way of life, with you know farmers markets and traditional restaurants and cafes and bakeries. And and um, yeah, from day one, it just felt really, really good. I've lived in a number of areas on the Silver Coast, like Nazaré and um, Alfezaral, San Martinho de Porto as well, and now near to Obidos, in a, in a little village, 200 people maybe, um, where, yeah, you literally every, when you walk to the local cafe, everyone stops and has a chat and greets the kids and you know your neighbors and it's just been, it's just a wonderful place to live. So yeah, it was, an, it was a really easy decision in retrospect, um, but just felt, felt right from, from day one. Okay. Well, back in 2009 is when you moved. What was happening in your life where you felt like, I need a change and Portugal's the place? Um, I mean, for, for the, I mean, this won't be a, a, a foreign story to, to, to people that have gone through the same thing. But for anybody that knows South Africa or knows a little bit about South Africa, it's, it's a beautiful country. Um, it's, it's still part of who I am. Um, but I, I got to a point in my life where I wanted a, a simpler life. I wanted to be in a place that was safe. Um, I wanted to be in a place where <clears throat> people are good to each other. Um, not that people aren't in South Africa, but you you kind of, it's almost like because the, the crime is so bad, because there's so many issues there, it's it's kind of like this every man for themselves kind of way. And yeah. um, you, 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 I remember growing up in South Africa, you live in this bubble and you think that certain things in the way that you live are normal in terms of, you know, you're, you're living behind walls and fences and alarms and you, you're always looking over your shoulder. Um, and I remember the first time traveling to anywhere other than South Africa was, was as a young boy on a rugby tour going to England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. And it was the first time for a lot of us that we went overseas. Uh, and there we were, I remember very clearly in Edinburgh, walking through the streets of Edinburgh at midnight. Um, you know, not, we weren't supposed to be, but we were semi drunk because we were, we were, we were a little bit too young to be drinking. And, but just the experience of being able to walk in the streets freely and not have to worry. And that was kind of the first 
eye-opening thing where you're like, whoa, whoa, things are are different um, in other parts of the world. And then, um, you know, as you get older, when, when you're a young, when you're a young guy and you, you know, you're not really, you're living more of the single life and you, you look after yourself and you put up with certain things. And then you get to a certain age where you start thinking, one day I want to have a family. One day I want to have kids. Um, do I want to raise them in, in this kind of environment or do I want to be somewhere where they're going to be safe and, and, and happy and safe walking home from school um, and things like that. So I made the decision just to to go for a better quality of life. Um, I had a good job. I had a good social network in South Africa. I wasn't living in squalor or anything, but I just wanted to have a better quality of life. And And sort of my first visit to Portugal, I could see that that was really possible. Um, and yeah, decided to, to pack up and I, I always thought I'd give it a year. Um, I said, I'll give it a year and see how it goes. And yeah, now it's been 15. So it was a, it was a good move. Best decision I ever made. You gave it a decade and a half. So it's, it's interesting to, to hear someone that has, has, I guess, made similar decisions as me and Kaylee. It's, it's kind of, I think something that a lot of the listeners, uh, can resonate with, right? Um, wanting to move for, you know, feelings of, of safety, uh, but also kind of more openness and community. And it's awesome that you found it here. And I'm wondering in your 15 years of, of being here, we're going to fast forward a bit. What are some of the changes that you've seen in Portugal? And, um, is it going in a positive direction or negative direction? Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of changes. Um we were speaking in the interview that I did with you and, and Kaylee about how, you know, a lot of people didn't know where Portugal was, um, or that it was its own country. Um and yeah, certainly when I came, it wasn't in vogue, it wasn't fashionable, it wasn't uh one of the top, you know, ten places that you should retire to or move to. And so it was very much a a, a new experience. Um, I've had a lot of family that, um, you know, when I moved, they said, why, why, on, why the hell are you going to, to Portugal? And, and then when they come and they visit, usually it's like within a day and they go, okay, like I get, get it. I get it. Like yeah. I really get nice. it now. And, and so, yeah, it was very much a new territory for a lot of people and not that fashionable for South Africans. We were used to leaving South Africa. Um, you, I have, I probably have more family now, South African family living outside of South Africa than inside of South Africa. We're scattered all over the world. Yes. Um, but yeah, a lot has changed. It's become way more popular. A lot more people know about um, Portugal. When I think about the Silver Coast, um, you know, for the last, for the first sort of 10 years that I was here, a lot of people still didn't know about this area. Um, even though it's so close to Lisbon and, and so wonder, wonderful, um, it has become more well-known. Um, we've seen a lot more people looking at Portugal as a place to live. Um, I think a big change, certainly from my, from my, from my side of things with my work, I'm seeing a lot more people that are looking to move to Portugal in, in the prime of their lives, not necessarily at the end, not necessarily just to retire. Yes. Um, it used to be mostly people that were looking for a, a calm place and a place to go play golf and a place to just relax at the end of their careers. But now I'm seeing so many people from all over the world who are looking to to move here permanently with their kids, with families, um, working. You know, COVID, I think, changed a lot of things in terms of where people can work from and, and how that can happen. And, and that's been a positive thing. Um, you know, of course, with, with so many people looking at Portugal that, that change, there are, there are things that, that change along with that, you know, real estate prices have gone up, um, but that happens everywhere in the world. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I, I think you see a country now that's kind of, kind of finding its way with being, the, being a country that used to kind of just be hidden away in the shadows uh, and getting on with their lives to a country that's now in the mainstream um, mm. and all the challenges that come with that, you know, it's, um, it's a small country. It's a very traditional country. And um, I, I think Portugal is still coming to terms with the fact that there are so many people looking to move here and looking to come and live here and what that entails. Um, the thing that has never changed for me has been the people. The people are still incredibly welcoming 
They don't care where you're from. They don't have a chip on their shoulder about language. So if you don't speak the, port, the language, they don't get annoyed with you. They don't make you feel bad about it. Um, I was quite stubborn. I, I, I really pushed hard to learn the language and, and, you know, just I was willing to sound like an idiot. Uh, at the beginning and sometimes still do um and but I've, i never ever was made to feel like i don't belong here or that i'm not welcome here and that's never changed like and i think that's the beautiful thing with this country is the people have remained exactly the same with all the challenges with all the changes um there's not a lot of great publicity at the moment about portugal in the press when you talk about nhr and housing prices but I've never heard of Portuguese people holding that against a, a foreigner, you know, and looking, going, this is your fault. Uh, you go back to where you came from. And I think that's something so beautiful. Um, there's, uh, there's things that the Portuguese are not happy about, but it's more about in the way things are being governed, you know, and mm. changes that need to happen at a governmental level. Um, but in terms of everyday life, it's the same as what it was when I first came, you know, same, same experience of, greeting people and people being kind to each other and people asking how you're doing. Um, I've had access to, I've had certain medical problems. So I've had, I've had, I've been in hospital quite a lot in Portugal and that's always been the same. People are really caring that the system works really, really well. Um, so yeah, besides the kind of the, the, the obvious things that change with time in terms of, you know, real estate prices and, and programs and golden visas and NHRs and all of those kind of things, the essence of the country has, has been the same. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's positive. It's positive. And I think the way that the Portuguese embrace challenges, the way that Portuguese people try to find a better way, I think that can only be a positive thing, you know, um, with all these things that are happening in the country that, that some things that need to be changed, some things that need to stay the same, I think they'll find a way and they'll find a way to accommodate anybody that comes, anybody that visits, anybody that chooses to live and call Portugal their home. And, um, the thing that's so beautiful about for my in my experience of the Portuguese is they're just truly happy that you've chosen to be in their country. You know, yeah, yeah. the question that I get asked so much is how did a South African guy end up living in our little village or in this mm. part of Portugal? And I always say, Why wouldn't I? It's just wonderful, you know, it's just such a beautiful place to be and and for them it's a surprise and 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 then they're grateful and they're grateful that you've chosen to be in their in their village or in their part of the country and, and it's yeah, it's just a wonderful experience. I feel like we are, we're, we've had such a similar experience here. And I want to take this conversation in a million directions. I feel like it's probably best if I zone in right now on, um, something you mentioned with healthcare. You, you have had, um, hospitalization here. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, no problem. Um, I've got a, I've got a, uh, a, a, a existing condition that I've had since I was 19, 18 years old. It's called TTP. It's a rare blood disorder. Basically, your platelet count is very, very low. Your red blood cell count is very high. And it can be fatal if not treated. Um, I was fortunate that for... And I, I had a couple of relapses in South Africa. Um, I've, it, it was really touch and go at times. Um, and then for after from 22 years old up until... To, until I was um, 39, I didn't have any any issues. And then okay. in 2019, I had a relapse. And um, I was in the hospital for five months in, in Lisbon, the main hospital in Lisbon, the public hospital in Lisbon, wow. uh, Santa Maria. And um, they saved my life, Josh. They they were amazing. Um, uh, they, you know, you, 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 you hear about people saying that things are very delayed. Uh, that wasn't my experience at all. When they needed to act quickly, they acted quickly. When they needed to treat me, when they needed to get me onto machines, the medication came quickly, everything. And I, I mean, it was just a phenomenal experience. So, and that included, that five months included a stint in, in ICU. I was in a coma for, for two, two and a half weeks. It was a real mess. Uh, but even the care that I received after that was just phenomenal. And I'll always be grateful for the, for the care that I got. And at that time, I wasn't a citizen yet. I I was still a permanent. I was still a resident. So I, mm -hmm. I had permanent residency, but I wasn't a citizen. And I got treated exactly the same as everybody else in my ward. Mm. 
like I was a normal person, like I was one of them. And um, it was incredible. So, yeah, I'll always be grateful for the treatment I got. If you speak to Portuguese people, they'll say to you that, that the medical care can be better and there are improvements to be made for sure. Mm -hmm. But if I compare it to the type of care that I got in South Africa, um, I was on private health care in South Africa. That was the only way that I would be sure that I would get good health care in terms of my particular condition. Yeah. Um, and here I was on public. And um, when I speak to South Africans about the public health care system there, um, it's a mess. Um, mm. When I speak to my American clients, I have a I have an American client who's a, an oncologist and um, he knows very much, he knows about my condition and the type of treatment needed. Mm -hmm. And he just said to me, Dylan, how much is this costing you? Because I was doing dialysis treatment every single day for four months. And I said, it's not costing me anything. And he was just like, that's insane. He said in America, you, they would be coming after your, your house, you know, it was sure. just, uh, so it was, it was incredible. So from a medical standpoint, my, my, my kids have been born here. Um, amazing healthcare, amazing treatment. And then the humanity, the way that they treat you here, they, they just, they embrace you. They, they, there's a warmth to the way that they, they look after you here. And, and that's something I think you can't put a, you can't put a price tag on it. Um, so yeah, the healthcare for me is superb. Yeah. I want to interject uh, just for the listener to know that um, the public system here is actually more well-equipped uh, in terms of like the variety of cases that they can handle compared to the private, the private you'll get seen faster um, in non-emergency sure. situations. But uh, yeah, making that comparison between South Africa, uh, your experience there and then here is, is wonderful for the audience to hear. But yeah, yeah the, I mean, I think public to be, is, something to be aware of um, with, with the public system, you know, if it's things that are non-urgent, you, you can wait, you yeah. know, the, so, so I've got like, a they discovered like this little cyst in my nose, um, which is not dangerous. It's not, it's not cancerous or anything. It's just affecting a bit of my breathing. And I've been putting on a waiting list f to, to have this removed. Now I'm still waiting. But from the things that I had before where it was, we need to get this guy onto a dialysis machine, otherwise he's going to die, it mm. was within 24 hours. It was just yep. phenomenal. So from that point of view, it's it's superb. Um, for things that aren't serious, you, you might have to wait. But yep. um, yeah, in general, I mean, even just a, a, an appointment to see a doctor, that's on the day. Like you go to your local centre, Saud, where you live. It's on the day you'll get you'll get an appointment. You might have to sit and wait for two three hours, but you'll be seen by somebody. Um, so from that perspective, it's it's phenomenal. It's a very robust system for for such a small country. It's it's pretty impressive. Were you were you moved to Lisbon because their facilities there could handle your situation better, or were you just did you just happen to be down there when it flared up? Uh, no, I was I was in Caldas, so so hard worked. Um, I mean, this is all again twenty four hours. So um, I was I wasn't feeling good. My wife said to me, "Let's let's go to the doctor." The doctor checked me out. She sent me for blood tests. Um, I went for blood tests maybe two hours after my appointment with her. Um, it wasn't even the doctor that called. The people from the lab called. Uh, the guys that did the blood test and they said, you need to get yourself to a hospital right, at, right away. Your bloods are in a really bad state. I went mm -hmm. to the hospital. They checked me in. I was there for 12 hours. Um, and then the next morning, early morning on an ambulance to Lisbon where they have a very good oncology center. So they sent me to Lisbon because they've got the, one of the best oncology centers in, in, in Europe there. And that's what, and literally got there. I remember being wheeled into this hospital. It looked like a city. It's a huge hospital for those that don't know Santa Maria. It's, it's massive. And I just remember looking from the, from my, my gurney, like seeing this huge building. And, um, and then literally it was a case of one doctor saw me and they said, okay, we're going to get you, um, into your ward. And then in a little while, we're going to get you onto dialysis. And it was within two, three hours. I had pipes in my neck on a machine the next morning woke up uh, in good care and, and uh, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal how quick it was, but yeah, they moved me for, for medical reasons. They've moved me to, to Santa Maria. Okay. Cause that's something that is not that uncommon to hear about, at least from, from the people I've spoken with that live here in Portugal. So we've talked a little bit about, uh, or you've alluded a little bit about what you do here. You're a realtor. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have, yeah you so, real, so, have you been a realtor the whole time that you've been living in Portugal? Tell us about yes, what yes. you do so, in, in real estate. Yeah. So day one, that's where I started. That was the work that I started doing when I, when I got here. Um, I um, started from the, from the beginning, really learned, learned as much as I could quickly. Um, always been working with foreign, with foreign clients. So my clients have be are from all over the world. Um, we've got, um, I've got clients that are from Poland, from the US, from the UK, from Belgium, the Netherlands, Sweden, random places like, um, uh, yeah, uh, what's Armenia, just people from all over the world. So for the last 15 years, that's what I've been doing is introducing people to, to this, this amazing country and helping them find a, a home here. Okay. And what are some trends that you've seen in real estate over the past 15 years? Because that's kind of a, a long historical line of, of data that you've seen. So what are some trends that you've seen? Well, I mean, besides the obvious, you know, obviously over over time, the prices have gone up. Uh, if I remember going back to 15 years ago, what what you could get for your money um, compared to today has is, is changed considerably. Um, but that's always been quite steady, um, especially the area that I'm in. You know, it's not um, it's not Lisbon, it's not Porto, it's not the Algarve. It's 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 a, it's a smaller marketplace. Um, so so that's 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 different to it's difficult to compare it to those places. But so the obvious one is obviously that the change in in costs. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, we we specialize in new build, okay, and in in modern properties, um, just. Because from a you know just from a insulation point of view and energy efficiency point of view, these are properties yes. that are that are used more user friendly. Um, so I've seen a lot more people that I've sort of given up on the romantic idea of let me buy an old farmhouse and let me rather get something that's that I don't have to maintain all the time and that I don't have to fix up all the time. That's going to look after itself. That's a little bit more low maintenance. That's more energy efficient. The energy efficiency thing has become a huge factor, certainly in the last two, three years. Absolutely. Um, if we think of our, our Northern European clients, their energy bills are through the roof in terms of heating, you know, and things like that. And, and now you come in, the climate helps. Yeah. yeah. But when you've got a property that's, that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to maintain temperature that that keeps itself warm that isn't difficult to heat or or, or moderate uh, that makes a huge difference um and yeah then then i think just again the demographic has changed uh, a lot you know so going from like i said earlier going from retirees to now people that are in the prime of their careers um, starting families. I've, I've had clients that have moved here, started families. I've had clients that have moved here with little kids. I have clients that have moved here while they're in the middle of their careers. Um, that's changed certainly over the last 15 years to previously it was a, a golfing destination. Previously it was a place that people wanted to come and retire and, and play some golf and go to the beach and enjoy uh, enjoy the good food and the good wine. Yeah. Um, but those things, things haven't again, changed. There's still good golf there. There's still good restaurants. Yeah, those things are still there. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I think what's changed from a um, the point of view of people looking uh, yes. is people are looking for different things to what they were maybe looking 15 years ago, you know? Right. Um, and I think the world's opened up for people. Um, again, we mentioned it earlier, COVID has, has taught people that they can work from anywhere. Um, and I think now people are looking with a more long-term view, not just, hey, I want a, I want a place to to holiday but now Portugal has become a place where people want to live. And, and that's a huge, that's, that's been a big shift in since I'm that since I moved. I mean, if I think about the clients that I had when I first started working, they were all looking for a holiday home and oh, okay. now a good 50, 60% of my clients are looking for a permanent home. Okay. And that's been a big, a big change. So people are now looking not just as a place that I'm going to visit three or four times a year, but a place that I'm going to live. And there, those questions are different, you know, Sure. What's it like to live here? Where's the schools, the, the schools? medical questions yep. that you asked about, these kind of things all become a bigger, bigger factor. So we've almost gone from real estate advisors, but also to lifestyle advisors. Like, sure. what is it like to live here? Are you going to be happy here? You know, um, how can you, how can you integrate? How can you navigate? Um, and that's been a, that's been, that's been quite a big shift. Well, I think your podcast also facilitates that as well. Um, Okay, let me ask you this. A new build in your neck of the woods, Silver Coast, what's the price range? 
on something, let's say that's um, 100 square meters. So like 1100 square feet. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll divide it up between apartments versus a house. So sure. apartments for um, a new build apartment, um, you're looking at starting prices at about 270,000. Okay. And villas starting prices at 350. Okay. Europe. And how does that compare to buying something that's secondhand? So something that's like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years old, not something that's like in ruin that you're having to, to redo. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a broader question. So sure. first of all, um, let's say if it's a, if it's a used property, that's maybe under 10 years old, the property's still in relatively good condition. Um, it hasn't started losing value because of the age of the house. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, especially if it's something that's been built in the last 10 years, the, usually the quality is still pretty good in terms mm -hmm. of insulation, double glazed windows, all of that kind of thing. You know, it's important, you know, for, for American listeners or actually from UK as well, things like that, we build with brick and concrete here. So a lot of the thing that happened with a lot of that happens with our American clients, when I, when I tell them it takes a year to build a house, they think that's quite a long time, sure. but we build with brick and concrete. So it's yeah. sturdy materials. The house is supposed to last a long time. Um, but certainly if it's a house that you're buying, that's a resale, you are paying somebody else's price for that house. Um, it's a value that an owner has put onto that house for various reasons, either because they want to make a profit, either because they have an emotional attachment to the house. They think it's worth more than what it maybe is. Yeah. That's something that you have to be aware of when you're buying something that's a, re a resale property. We just got hit uh, with that. Yeah. 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 Um, whereas when you're buying something new from a builder, you're paying for the bricks and the concrete and the you're price, paying that guy's the cost price of that he's yeah. You know, so you're not paying a price that kind of somebody's hoping to get for that property. It's arbitrary, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes, I mean, I must say, I have clients that put, you know, they, they'll, they'll come and they say, I want to sell my property after eight years and, and the, the value that they want to put on yeah. it is fair. And mm -hmm. we try to advise and say, hey, listen, this is what I think it's worth in the current market. And then you have others that will put a ridiculous amount on 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 a property, and and because that's what they want to get for it. And in, in some cases they do, in some cases they don't. Um, and then first, from a technical point of view, you know the the reality of buying new, you're buying something that's been built to the latest spec, the latest tech. Uh, it's good condition. It's usually got guarantees on it from a builder, things right. like that. Whereas when you're buying secondhand, you're you're buying it as is. And yep. If it's of a certain age, you can still be quite sure that there's not going to be too many major issues. If you're buying something that's 50 to 100 years old, you're going in a little bit blind. You don't know what's in the walls. You don't know if there's any other issues. You don't know how many. By knowing there's issues. What's that? <laughs> By knowing there's issues. Yeah, you're buying knowing there's issues, but you don't know what those issues are going to be and that's how right. much it's going to cost you in the long run. You know, So those yeah. are the challenges. Yeah, we just had an incident where um, you know, we're doing this this real estate development, and um, part of common courtesy before you start the demolition is to to send letters to the neighbors, letting them know, going in and taking you know photographs of shared walls and stuff like that. And uh, one of the neighbors said, you know, hey, we would be interested in selling. So we had a meeting yesterday to figure out what their price was because they hadn't set a price. So the meeting starts and they still didn't say a price and said, oh, we don't really know what the price is. Da, 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 da. Well, as the meeting continued, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, um, their, I need to first say their, their building size is a hundred square meters and it's basically 50 square meters on the ground floor and 50 basement. And, okay. and they announced that they would like to get 600,000 for it. So for the, for, for the listener, quick math, that's 6,000 per square a meter. And right now in the luxury market, that's like at the top end, like that's at the top end. If you're in, if you're in Porto, for example, and you're in Aliados, uh, which is the, uh, the metro area where we have city hall and kind of the real downtown nice area to live. You have some new luxury apartments going up that are anywhere between forty-five and sixty-five hundred, and that's a finished 
luxury product. And this person's selling something that is, is in pretty rough condition or wanting to sell something in pretty rough condition for the same price. So it was an emotional thing for, for that person, which was not good. Or opportunistic, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So how can people reach out to you on kind of the real estate side of things? We're not wrapping up here, but I'm just asking if people want to know and understand more about what you could do in the Silver Coast. How can people reach out to you about that? Yeah, so, so you can check out our website. It's portugal-realty.com. Okay. Um, and there you've got you know, loads of information about the area, about the location. Um, that's the most important thing when you're looking to to buy something in 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 a, a, anywhere. Um, you know, especially for people that are coming into a country that they don't know. Um, it's really important that you you're dealing with people that know the location, that know the ins and outs, that know mm -hmm. what it's like to to live there. Um, so we've got a lot of location information, which is just as important as the property side of things as well. Um, and then they can check out the type of real estate that we have available as well in the area. Okay, cool. So another thing that you do is a podcast and I'm, yep. I'm pretty sure you've got the deepest Portugal podcast on, on the internet, um, which is Portugal, the simple life. Uh, I think you've got the most episodes out of like deepest episodes, at least like you talk to a lot of foreigners. You, you have had Portuguese people on your podcast. What started this podcast for you and, um, what's 2024 look like for you? Yes. Yeah, so um, the podcast started in 2020. It was a passion project for me. I, I, I felt that, you know, I, I guess it was sort of the, the, the beginning of the wave. Now, if you go onto YouTube, there's any, every guy and his dog doing videos about, about Portugal. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, I wanted to, to develop a platform where people can have an insider's perspective into Portugal. So I wanted to speak to people, both foreigners and Port and and Portuguese, about what life in Portugal is like, and I, and I think a lot of this had to do with the shift in people looking. So you were we're going from um, people that are not just looking to come and spend two or three times a year here, but looking to live here. The questions are like we mentioned earlier. The questions are different, and what people are asking and and wanting to know about a place are different. Yes. Um, and I think I wanted to, I wanted to just give people an insider's perspective into all things Portugal. So not just real estate, but, um, what life is like here, how am I going to be welcomed here? Um, what is the medical, what, what, you know, what's happening on a medical side of things, what's happening politically, um, what about the food? What about the wine? All of these kind of things that, you know, people needed to know more about in order to know, is this a place I'm going to live? Cause once again, it's coming down to the location. And in my experience, it was, yeah, not just, Hey, I want a nice apartment on a, on a resort, you know, certainly for, for, you know, we know about the Algov, but where we are on the Silver Coast, what people are looking for is, okay, I want my nice modern home, but I, I want to be in the village. I want to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. I want to be near the farmer's market. I want to go for a walk and go have a cafe. I want to learn the language. I want to, I want to integrate. And it was all about how that, how possible that is. And, and I think also just sincerely just sharing my love for the country. Like it's a place that's become my home. It's a place that I could not imagine now living anywhere else other than Portugal. Um, it's a place that has welcomed me. Um, and I wanted to share that and I wanted to share the beautiful things. You know, it's a, it is a very positive podcast. We talk about mostly the good things, but there's stuff that comes up, of course, that people need to know about. And, um, so that's how it started. Um, it was started, we started during COVID. So a lot of people had time to, mm -hmm. to hook up uh, on Zoom and to, to talk. And we've had some amazing guests. I mean, um, musicians, you know, Rugby very players. well known soccer players, fashion designers, as well as local foreign people that are doing some exceptional, interesting things here. So winemakers, doctors, chefs. I mean, it's just been an amazing journey and, uh, not looking to stop it anytime soon. So, uh, stay tuned 2024, more of the same, um, with, uh, more guests and, and more stories and, uh, more about, about what life is like in Portugal. And 
like we mentioned earlier on, Portugal is at a bit of a crossroads in terms of some of the challenges that are that are coming its way because of a lot of foreign investment, because of a lot of people coming in, um, but also that this is still an amazing place to live. And, and that's the the purpose is, is for people to know what, what the essence and, and the true sense of this country really is about. Nice. And you chose Portugal, the simple life as a name. Uh, is there a specific reason why you chose that? We, we were, yeah. So, I mean, the, the guy that I'm going to give credit to this, um, to the, to the, the, the name, I've actually invited him to be on the podcast and he never got back to me. So, but, uh, we were at a, a seminar, uh, myself and my boss in, um, going back 2019, I think it was. So, or two, yeah, uh, 2018 maybe I can't remember it was before we started the podcast and there was a guy who got up it was one of these e-marketing seminars I slept through a lot of it it was pretty boring uh, and then a guy got up at the end of the thing and he spoke he's a big marketing guy he's a Portuguese guy but lived in America for a long time and he did a lot of big uh, marketing for big brands like Nike and Dove mm. soap and these kind of things and he was talking about um, you know uh, your brand. And, you know, he was talking about, talking about countries. He was saying, you know, the Italians are famous for their pasta and the French are famous for their cuisine with the sauce and all of these kind of things. And, and my boss at the time, my boss got up at the time and said, what is, what is Portugal's best export? And he said, um, Portugal's best export is simplicity. We've been perfecting simplicity for generations. And he used the illustration of the food and how we grill fish, you know, like we just, mm take a good piece of fish, we put some olive oil, we put it on the oh, grill and it's, but the, the simple life. So the simple life came about that, that life is just simple here. And, and when I say simple, I mean, it's calm, it's safe. Food is important. Being around a table with family is important. Um, Yumi and Kaylee were talking about how they, you know, how those little interactions, those mini interactions are so beautiful, but so pure and, and then so rare in today's world. You know, it's rare that, you go into a cafe and, and everybody says hello uh, in today's world. It's rare that people know who you are. It's pe it's rare that you go into a restaurant to, in today's world and they're not trying to get you off the table to, to turn tables, that mm -hmm. you can sit in a restaurant for three hours with your family and just have a great meal and a couple of bottles of wine and talk and – and that was, you know, the, that's the simple life. The simple life is the way people treat each other here, the way that people – accommodate you the way that um, people still care about community as opposed to the individual, um, which in the end is really good for the individual as well. Um, so yeah, simple life because Portugal does. Portugal gives you a, a simple and a beautiful life. Nice. Well said. Um, earlier you said that uh, well, you've been here for 15 years and you don't, you don't see yourself living anywhere else but Portugal. So at Expats Everywhere, we believe that living abroad transforms lives. How has living abroad transformed your life? Great question. Uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I say this in the right way because you, everyone talks about the pace of life in Portugal, you know, and that almost can sometimes come across as a, it's a place that lacks ambition or a place that lacks forward thinking. And it's not that. I, I do see a country that wants to have a future that wants to create that wants to, you know, you look at some of the stuff that Portugal's doing on the tech scene and the medical scene, mm -hmm. it's phenomenal work. Um, and again, some of the guests that are on the podcast, you just like the work that some of these guys are doing is just out of this world, but they, they have this balance to life here, which I think is so wonderful. I mean, to give an example, when I lived and worked in Johannesburg, you didn't have lunch. Like you grabbed a sandwich, you know, you, you, between meetings, you'd eat at your desk. Um, you'd stop off and go through a drive through and our American yeah, audience can resonate to that. Yeah. Sure. And here you, you stop for lunch, you know, you take the time. Um, the first time that I had a work colleague that said, come, let's go have lunch. I said, no, it's, it's fine. I'm just going to eat at my desk. They said, no, we don't do that here. And we're, they're like, no, we stop. And you go and you take an hour for lunch and you don't talk about work. You sit and you talk about soccer or, you know, here they call it football. Mm. You talk about what you're going to have for dinner. 
you talk about, I mean, food is such a central part. And, and I think that's been the biggest thing for me is just being able to enjoy just those, those things that, you know, we would say they're the, the, little, they're the little things, but they're not the, the little things in the end. They're the things that enrich and, and, and make you appreciate life. I think Portugal's teaching me, taught me to be grateful. Um, you know, I think back to my life in South Africa, I, I'm not, I, I don't regret anything. I don't, I don't miss it, but I, I never look back and go, I hated that. And there's even parts of, of, of the life that I had there that I'm grateful for. But I think Portugal's taught me gratitude, like to stop and to appreciate, to stop and taste your food, to stop and have a coffee. And it's not a coffee. It's a coffee and a chat. And it's a coffee and a chat with whoever's there or the guy behind the, the counter or the people that walk in. And um, I think that's what Port Portugal's taught me is just to stop and to enjoy the things that, that we should have access to in life, you know, um, being safe. Uh, being able to have a conversation about pretty much anything without it becoming an argument. Um, you know, you look at other parts of the world where everybody's just so pissed off with each other and with, with the state and you know, the animosity between that, you know, for American listeners, the animosity that I know about between Republicans and Democrats. And then you go to the UK and they're just so upset with the, the, the present state of affairs with because of Brexit and because of what's happening in their government. And then you come to Portugal and, and nobody's really happy with what's happening with, with our political situation. We don't have a prime minister at the moment, but that never spills out into interaction that people have with each other. And I think um, Portugal's changing the in the terms of being aware of your community, being aware of each other, being aware of not only what's happening here, but what's happening everywhere else in the world. And that translates out to being grateful. Um, for what we have here and um, and it's just taught me to have balance like I never stopped in Johannesburg you're constantly running 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 chasing your tails making dust um, for no real reason that's not going to yeah. matter tomorrow and here you're coming to a place where it's almost like the things that matter are the things that that matter you know um, how you treat each other are you safe you know, do my kids go to a good school? Do my are my kids safe if they're playing in the street? And are people good to each other? And um, yeah, Portugal's made me realize that, and be a yeah, wonderful, soul enriching experience. Well, speaking of grateful, Dylan, we're grateful to have you on our podcast. Likewise, we thank appreciate you. you coming on. And uh, listener, if you'd like to have Dylan back on, because we did not extract enough from him in the past forty five minutes, his fifteen years here, um, let us know. Reach out to us. Um, and leave us a review and let us know if you want Dylan back on. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the Digital Nomad Visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the Digital Nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. 
we highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.